Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is July 30th, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Neil Patrick Harris is showing a side of himself that we've never seen before. The actor stars in Netflix's new series, Uncoupled as Michael, a gay New Yorker in his 40s, who has to learn how to date again after his partner, Colin, played by Tuck Watkins, leaves him unexpectedly after 17 years together. It's a universal story about love, commitment, and, well, sex. The series, co-created by Darren Starr and Jeffrey Richmond, includes Harris in various states of undress for several sex scenes. In fact, his first on-camera romp with a man takes place on the show with Sex and the City alum Gio Marini. Wait till you hear what Marini had to say to Harris after they shared their first kiss. Plus, Harris reveals the very funny research behind finding the right photo to use for Michael's pick of his manhood on Grindr. Like Sex and the City, Uncoupled will have viewers talking about sex, especially after, in one scene, a dermatologist offers to inject Botox into Michael's butt to make anal sex more comfortable. Honestly, I didn't even know that existed, but apparently it does. <laughs> I talked to Harris at Netflix New York offices. He explained how he came to star in the series, how he feels about stripping down in front of the cameras, and his upcoming work on the new season of Doctor Who. But before we get to Harris, let's take a look inside this week's Just for Variety column. Don't expect to see Hannah Waddingham back on stage anytime soon. Before striking gold with her breakout role on Ted Lasso, Waddingham was already a bona fide theater star. There have been plenty of opportunities that have come up, but I'm not ready to do that, Waddingham tells me. Not least of which my little girly, the love of my life, is about to turn eight. She continued, I'm not ready to be out at night. It's a very muscular, all-encompassing career shift. It's eight shows a week. You can read more of Just for Variety in the magazine or online at variety.com. Find out what Tommy Chong told me about reuniting with the That 70s Show cast for the upcoming spinoff, That 90s Show. Plus, Riley Keough weighs in on the pressure of living up to her grandfather Elvis Presley's legacy when she makes her major singing debut in the Amazon Prime video series, Daisy Jones and the Six. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Neil Patrick Harris, star of the Netflix series Uncouple. Neil, the show hits a lot of buttons for me. Oh, really? Nice. How did you watch it? I watched the first two episodes early, mm -hmm. probably at least two or three weeks ago. And they then dropped the two. Right. And they dropped more. 
And then my husband and I have this whole thing where like, I can't watch it because I have to watch it with him. Sure. And then if I watch it beforehand, then he goes on the Netflix. He's like, you've been watching it. <laughs> and, <there's a> whole, <laughs> and I'm like, it's hard to lie on the Netflix watching. No, you literally, you can see. <laughs> the other day, he was like, you've been watching The Bear? I thought you didn't want to watch <gasps> The Bear. I heard The Bear's good. It's the first episode left me so wound up because nice. it's just a restaurant. So they're all screaming and it's just intense. And I'm just like, okay, this is a lot. Wow. Um, but it was good. But so. The so reason yeah, I so, asked is because I, my hope is that Uncoupled is kind of a summer binge. Because well, each, each episode, I, right? So then I binged. Yeah, each episode is thirty minutes or so. Yeah, and there's lots of cliffhangers within each one, mm -hmm. and you kind of want to want to watch. So I'm curious about reaction to people who have sat and wa watched them all right. back to back to back to back to back. How did it all happen for you? Were you do you like sort of put it out there like I'm looking for something? I want to play a gay man in his forty, or is it Darren comes to you and says, you know what, we have this thing that's perfect for you. So no, normally, well, that's a good question. The answer is really neither in this mm -hmm. case. Um, I'm with the, the CAA agency, mm -hmm. which, is, which is very exciting because they're so powerful. Um, but and in, they just in a, bought another agency. <laughs> they're, they're just <laughs> they're swallowing them up. Um, but they're wonderful people and they're really effective. But what, what they do well is say, what. Well, what would you like to do, mm. Neil? And then if I'm specific, then they'll go out and make it happen. So right. I'm trying to spin my career now towards directing. Mm. And so that's an edict and then they go and they find stuff. Um, it's also a little bit scary because if you're not quite sure what the answer to that is, you know, right. they're, they're waiting for you directives, say, right? right? Um, and I didn't really have a directive of saying, I want to do mm -hmm. a, a gay relationship comedy. <laughs> That's my next move. <laughs> to be honest, I love not working. And I've been working a lot. Yeah, and, and our kids are 11. And I, I just want to be able to prioritize these next five or six years right. with them before they're off to college. And I know even before then, they're going to want more independence yep. and not want to spend time together with us necessarily. So... I didn't want to be having to go to uh, Atlanta to film something for six weeks right. and then having a week off and then going to Toronto to film right. something, that, which I have been doing. I've been gigging a lot. So then my CIA agent, Joe Mahoda, <laughs> who everyone knows and loves, uh, he called me and said, there's a thing. Would you consider doing a Netflix comedy uh, that is a Darren Star show. And I only really knew of Darren from younger. Mm. I mean, I know of Darren right. and what he has done with Sex and the City right. and Emily in Paris had gotten Emmy nominations. Uh, but I knew him because of younger because we're friends with Mariska Hargitay and Peter Herman. And Peter Herman was on Younger. Got so I was like, oh, that's cool. I can ask Peter about Darren. <laughs> and this is kind of in the family in an interesting way. What's the show? And... And so Joe then, with me being interested in it, went to Darren and said, what about Neil? Because mm. I guess they were looking at who should be Michael. And they liked that idea. And so that, so it sort of happened simultaneously. Mm. Darren didn't reach out to me. 
to see if I want to do it. It wasn't written for me. Right. I didn't reach out to him and say, I'd love to do a sitcom or a rom-com. It just sort of happened the way life works. And it's kind of the perfect gig. I hope we get to do more of mm. them because it films in the city I live, New York. Right. It's kind of a glowing love letter to the city in the yep. way that Sex and the City was. It's me as myself re- more than anything, you know, mm. a, sort of a nuanced Jeffrey Richmond, Darren Starr version of myself. <laughs> but it's me like living a good life as a gay guy. What do you like about Michael? Um, I like that he's curious. I think at the beginning of the series, you're feeling sorry for him, right? Understandably, because he's the protagonist and he gets dumped. Mm -hmm. And so you vilify Colin, the boyfriend, and you care for Michael. And then as the episodes go on, I think you start to realize that maybe Michael's not all perfect and loving and great that he Mm -hmm. might be a little selfish and a little um (laughs) full of himself and insecure and and needs to grow up a little bit Mm. so i like that he's an imperfect hero Mm -hmm. in the story but i also like that there's content a breakup show that is watched will hopefully be watched by everyone Mm. is about a gay relationship and that a lot of it is sexual and still vital and still um, sexy and fun. Because I think, I think that's what makes it unique in our world right now. And I think it's the most we've seen of you physically. We've seen your ass before, right? I think you so. My, you, you see, see my it? ass in, in Gone Girl, but in, in a very grueling, <laughs> different gr- gory context. <laughs> but so, yes, this is a lot of, a lot of my body. How did you feel about doing that? What what was it like being, because the, what is it? The first time you really see your body is, I think it's the the gym scene when you're doing the. Right. When I take a deep pick of myself in the shower stall (laughs) or in the locker room. Um, I felt okay with it. I'm, I listen, I'm 49 years old and I've, I've, I've been in various states of undress for various reasons for a long time. So right. I don't have much modesty. I mean, you I don't were, have much what modesty. was it, the Oscar stage you were in your underwear? Yeah, for a bit I came out <laughs> in like actor's nightmare comedy of like what would be the most, like the, the thing you would want to do least <laughs> as an actor, which is be in your uh, tidy whitey underwear in front of a hundred million people. I seemingly opted to do that. <clears throat> which I thought was funny at the time. And then I realized that that's just the picture people use when they talk about me as the Oscars. And I, I, I was wearing really nice suits. Like I had a really good wardrobe for that. And, you thought and people that's what they, the sh- that's, all, the that's all they show. And if I remember correctly, you were wearing two pair of underwear, right? Was it, I remember it was, interviewing it you after. It sort of wound up being because one pair with the bright lights shining directly on it, you kind of saw through it. You've become and I, uncoupled. Yeah, well said. <laughs> but no, it was fine. It was a little strange being naked around a person that you didn't know. Right. Because we literally, on one day of shooting, it was two bedroom scenes back to back with two guys that I was fooling around with on Grinder. So it was wow. nice to meet you, fool around. Right. And then that, that was fun, nice to meet you. And then, oh, nice to meet you. And then fool around. But- Thankfully, there's intimacy coordinators and people who are there to make sure that everyone feels comfortable. So who decides on the dick pic that is shown? 
Uh, I got to chime in on that. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Did they show you? They <laughs> they actually wanted to take a picture of a rubber phallus mm -hmm. and then have that be the Why pick. Why would they do that? Uh, I think because they didn't. I don't think they wanted to hire someone and take a picture right. of their uh, dick, so it sound, seemed like it was porn in any right. way. So I think they were just being as uh, sort of above board right. as possible. <laughs> But they looked awful. They looked like weird, <laughs> sad, Dildo. like dildos. Yeah. yeah. And I think they were the, the ones that they stuff in like drag kings or. Oh, so it's or, like, it's like a, a, what do you, it's like more like a strap on kind of Yeah, but of it was, thing? it was like soft and small, like to, to pad yourself. Maybe I guess if you, for whatever reason. And I did not want that representing my manhood. <laughs> so I. It's good. I'm, I'm going to say we're in New York. It's 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 perfect for uncouple. <laughs> so I said, why don't we just find a good picture online of someone? Because it's a very specific shot. I'm right. one yeah. leg up in a in a locker room, mm -hmm. angled downward or whatever. Right? Lighting. Yeah. So you know. So I, so we did a, a very a very funny back and forth text thread. Jeffrey Richmond and I like, what about this one? <laughs> What about that one? <laughs> I had to make sure the kids weren't around in the living room where I would get ding. Oh, there's a message. Whoa, hello. Nah, it's a little small. I had to, be, and I had to be fairly humble about it, right? Because you don't, it was a, it was a little insecure making because you don't want to choose something that one way or the other, <laughs> right, you know, you don't right. want to choose a massive dong because that's like its own meta weird joke. Right. You don't want to choose a tiny dong because that's its own weird joke. So like something that's normal. <laughs> so you and Jeffrey looking up like average size. Average size. But then in the scene afterwards, the guy says, you know, that it's a beautiful penis right. and that it's, so it had to be said nice-ish. I don't know. It was very weird to be choosing. But well, let's talk about one of, of my those. Dong. Grinder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to Neil Patrick Harris about his dong. Um, oh, man. Gio Marini. Oh, Gio. Which is sort of, no pun intended, but pun intended, the big Easter egg sex in the city. Oh, yeah. Remember, that's he true. Was in the movie. And why was he in the movie? I didn't see the movie. Why? Oh, Neil. <laughs> This is where you're gonna get upset with me because I'm not a Sex and the City okay. person. Okay, so, so did you watch every episode so, of Sex and the City? Yes, and every movie, and I'm gonna tell you my Gilles story. So I don't know it. It's the same way that I don't know the Golden Girls. It's the same way that I don't know Barbara Streisand. Okay, Streisand. This, okay this, I, I'm I sorry for him. I'm so sorry for him. <laughs> what the fuck? My, I, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. My my. Next thing you're gonna tell my me, like, gaydom sports? started with like Into the Woods and and Les Miserables and musical theaters, how it all kind of started. So it didn't really start you've in heard, Judy Garland like land you've heard and Streisand stuff. on Sondheim, right? Some of her Sondheim. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it, and I've seen her concerts, but I think that there's a certain type of person yes, that it, yes. that that sort of loves the archetype. Yes. Like loves the, the, diva, the grand the diva, dom, the diva, the anti-mame, the anti-mame. Yeah, I was never really yeah, like an anti-mame worshiper. Right. So, so tell me about Gilles. So Gilles, yeah, <laughs> literally pops up in uh, I think it was the first movie, 
there's a shower scene and he is completely naked. Wow. And there's water. And when I say big Easter egg. Wait, you see his dong? You see his dong. <gasps> I should have watched it as research. And I'm just going to say it's huge. So. <laughs> He's going to love this. Oh, interview. no, no, no. So he knows this story very well. So I'm at E at the time. So I'm like, this is a great headline. Who's the guy with the big wiener? Wiener. Uh-huh. I find him on MySpace. MySpace was still around. Nice. His phone number was oh. on MySpace. Wow. And I call him and I'm like, this is Mark Malkin from E News. I want to talk to you about it. I get um, Michael Patrick King gives me a quote about how it's really him. It's not fake. I was young and I have stayed bonded because i did probably the first story on him amazing based on <laughs> well so when i was watching it i was waiting for you to funny. say something about his that's so funny Jill <laughs> was the first Sweetest. was the first man i had a sex scene with on the show and it was an explicit one and it yeah. was a it was more than just we're in bed together yeah and um and so we spent a lot of time with an intimacy coordinator which was right. kind of new to the producers and stuff because this is a new world that we're in right and they wanted to do things that weren't written in the script like they it was written in the script that we like i get thrown on the bed and he climbs on top of me and we start kissing and we talk but they wanted to do like go into the window and then he goes to his knees and then i'm like it was more they've but that wasn't written and so i'm looking at them like what that seems more it's much more and i'm okay with it and right. Gilles was okay with it but we have to you have to ta- you have to let everyone know well before we're in the room right now because in case anyone isn't into it it puts them in an uncomfortable position potentially yeah. thankfully no one was in that position but it was a learning process for everyone and i had never worked with an intimacy coordinator before and i like i had my throat slit mid-orgasm and gone girl <laughs> There was no intimacy coordinator there. If there would have, they would have stopped it from happening. Is that intimate? Is it, though? <laughs> so there I am with, with Gilles, who is really a sexy man. Yeah, and the sweetest. Sweetest man, yeah. and he's just so lovely. And and he was the best. Mm. He And I don't mean the best of, of rating all of the people on the show, because they were all super lovely, but I just mean he was the best. He's a straight man with a wife and children, and yet... He was playing someone who's willing to have sex with another guy. Yeah. And, and I thought, wow, he could have been one extreme or the other, right? right? He could have been very bro, no homo, you know, right. like talking about whatever <laughs> nascar i don't know like being like it, super into the, guy into the woods not barbara <laughs> <laughs> no but he could have been being right. o- yes. overly compensating and yes. reminding me about how straight he is right um and then still doing the scene or he could have been like overly maybe i don't know what effeminate right. or overly like trying to show me he was okay with it right. which would have been equally kind of weird in the other direction he was just okay with it all and so nice and kind and lovely we did make out in that first scene and then between takes he goes oh it is true it is true what they say and i said what what is, what do they say Gio? <laughs> and he goes no it is true i i heard that um that it is better kissing another man than a woman and it, it, and i can see this now 
it is true what they say. And I was like, I, my knees buckled. <laughs> and I was like, um, gosh, thanks so much. That's really, giggle, giggle. <laughs> Let me <clears throat> drop my voice a little bit. <laughs> but he was so sweet. Yeah. And I remember doing all those scenes and he was, and then we were in bed post-coital. We have a really nice long scene yeah. together. And we're in bed and it was, I remember just being in bed with him while they were setting up the camera. Normally they, you'd set up the shot and, and then, then you'd, you'd leave in, yeah. while they lit it. But we just both stayed and we were just kind of cuddling and talking. And I think like I was rubbing my foot against his leg under the things, not with no, with no agenda. It was just because we were in that place in the scene and he was just the loveliest. And when it all finished, I went to Jeffrey Richmond, who was there. He's like, how was it? Was that fun? It looked like it was fun. Was it fun? <laughs> and I said, my only regret is that I just don't know that it will ever get better than that. <laughs> because I'm, I have lots of scenes with lots of guys yeah. and he has set the bar so was high. It was, it was the, the first we had done and it was just the loveliest. I was very grateful and still am for having gotten to have that experience because sex scenes are weird. Was that your first same sex sex scene? It's a great question. On camera, maybe, because <laughs> I, I did a play with uh, oh, a, no, a Robbie Bates play on stage. Yeah, no. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> You're like no. on camera. Like, well, I'm assuming off camera. Off camera, I've had there. plenty. <laughs> uh, on camera, I, it might be. Yeah, it might be. We're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, Harris talks about working with Broadway icon Andre De Shields, his early days with his now husband David Berta and being cast on the new season of Doctor Who. We'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Just a Variety. Here's more of Neil Patrick Harris. Did you ever think when you were... Starting out, when you're at the height of, you know, I, How I Met Your Mother, that you would have a sex scene with another guy. It was such a different world then. I right. don't even know that I would have processed the question. It wouldn't, right. It wouldn't even be a question, right? Right. Because at that time, uh, like gay characters yeah, were, were supporting characters right. and almost uniformly comedic. Yeah. And so if you're going to have a Jim J. Bullock or yeah. if you're going to have a Charles Nelson Riley or someone on a show, you're probably not going to want to see, you're probably not going to want to like spend a lot of time with them being intimate right. by design. Yeah. Not, nothing against them, but just that's how the characters were back then. So no, I didn't ever really imagine. But also it's interesting because you asked how, how it was being naked and stuff. I'm, I've, do legitimately feel more comfortable in my skin now than I did even five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. I think maybe because of being a father, mm -hmm. 
meaning that our kids are now 11, right? They're tweens. And so I don't feel like I need to be parenting them so much. I need to be more an example of how to be mm -hmm. because they're very nuanced and they are are super smart and savvy. And they'll pick and up on things. Their emotional intelligence is very right. high and they pick up on things. So if I carry myself with an insecurity or with, with isms, yeah. I don't want them to see it. Not because I'm embarrassed of what they'll think of me, but I wouldn't want them to take up take those, that, right. take those things on. And to be honest, Mark, I've lived most of my life very insecure about how I came across physically. Uh, posture has always been an issue for me. How like like mm -hmm. pelvic tilt. I still kind of wonder if like where the middle is. Like you don't want to stick your ass out too much and like you, you hurt the small of your back. You don't want to be like dick out too yeah. much. Like, and so I'm ob not obsessed about it, but I want to. It's what gay men do it. We, but we it's honestly, for me, it's more that I want, I feel like there's a right answer. I feel like there's an escape room mm. that is sort of body awareness that, that, that if you're obsessed with upper body, then you wind yeah. up with these chicken legs, right? Right, right. And that's not the right answer. And if you <laughs> obsess with bench press, then you're hunched over yeah. and you have a weak back. So I'm obsessed with this weird kind of symmetry of mm. health. And I think it's is everything, kind of like life. I think it's strength, flexibility, um, mm. endurance, and, and, and just a body awareness. But then in the end, it's about acceptance. Fair. But the acceptance is easier to to come to when you've had some aha moments for sure. about the success of it, yeah. right? It's why I like swinging on the trapeze, and I've done that since I was in my twenties. Haven't done it for probably a decade, but I did a whole chapter in uh, with Richie Gaona of the Flying mm. Gaonas out in Woodland Hills, where I'd go every week and swing on the trapeze because it was the balance of all of those things. Mm. It was very challenging, but it's also very high up, and so you're a little bit scared but you could get over that, but you had to use strength, but not too much strength or else you're rigid right. and you have to be fluid Flex, right? and yeah. you have to use intuition. And it's like a really, in, I, I recommend it for anyone, but yeah. So long story short, uh, I have no problem with the nudity anymore. One thing. So Michael is, you know, a guy who's been in a relationship for 17 years. Mm -hmm. I expected him not to know certain things. He didn't know prep. He, it's so funny that you're he saying He didn't know about prep. Like, does he read? Are you joking when you're asking me this question? Have you read things where I've commented on this and you're like no. pushing buttons? No, not at all. Okay. No, no, no. So you're saying all. a thing that I had a whole thing on set about because I said the same thing. Right. Okay. I Tell said- I, I did I, not read anything that you said about so it. That's amazing so weird. that you're asking these <laughs> questions. Uh, I, I thought the same thing. I sort of said, how old is Michael supposed to be? 47, 48, well, I'm 47, 48. Right. And I'm in a long-term monogamous relationship, but I know that people are taking prep and that you right. can take prep and that people have sex without a condom. Right. I understand, I've, like, I've read it. <laughs> so to have these scenes where Michael is like clutching his pearls. <laughs> right, Can literally. you believe? I was wrapped up, what do you say? I was wrapped up like the last time I had sex with someone I didn't know. <laughs> yep, and, um, those episodes were written by Don Roos. Okay. Don Roos is a very prolific writer yep. and a hilarious person. He's on our writing staff and he is a tick older than myself. And so I think those were more coming from his experience. Mm -hmm. 
because I challenged him on it on set while we were filming that very wow. scene. I said, Don, can we talk about this? Because it just feels like Michael then isn't w listening to podcasts or watching commercials or anything. Yeah. And he said, no, it's true that I, he, and he, and he recounted an experience where he didn't even know. And, and so, you know, I asked the writer, the writer and producer gave me a retort that made sense. And I said, okay, I'll do it. But I, I don't disagree with you. I think it plays into the comedy. I think it, there's it, a little it, yes. sort of Woody Allen-ish kind of like in neuroses and just, it, about- it, And it's emphasizing like he really, whether or not he really knew about prep, he was in this relationship that, you know, you were in your bubble. And he was on a first date with a person and it was probably small talk of an instant, of a, a nervous date. nature. It was a pickup of the, where, from the grocery store. <laughs> uh, no, well, when he's talking about that, he was saying- uh, at the dinner uh, right, afterwards, right, yes, he yes, was saying, yes. can you believe that he was even, that he right. <laughs> wanted to have sex without a condom? And I was like, that was odd. But I well, think it was then, more nervous in chat. in the scene, you also, Michael also says bareback. Right. And I was like, if you know bareback, right. you know prep. You can't know <laughs> So I, I'll, I, do, I will defend the scene yeah. because I think in, in the scene, I think it was Michael wanting it to mean a bit more yes. than it did. And right. I think to him, the idea of like- Without a condom. Being and, respectful yeah. of your, the people who've come before you, of AIDS quilts, yeah, of yeah. things. I don't, think it, I don't think it was quite so dusty, <laughs> but I totally hear what you're saying. But the one thing I don't know about, and I have no idea if it's real, yeah. But the Botox and the butthole thing? Apparently people are Botoxing their buttholes. See, and that's- after I didn't know what that was, I was like, okay, maybe he didn't know what prep was because really, and I will say it, not to do to you, I know a lot. Yeah. But Botox, the butt, like, I was like, and literally my ass clinched when he takes the syringe out. And apparently when your butthole is Botox, that can't happen. You can't clinch your butt. I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. And I laughed so hard when they were just telling me like that this storyline was coming down the, the, the pipe as it were. I said exactly what you said. That's a, is that a thing? And, and apparently it is. I don't, I hope we don't turn it into a larger thing. Maybe there'll be a bit of a conversation about right. it. But it begets so many funny questions. And given that this is a comedy show about, about sort of, a generational divide, yes. but in the dating world, it it seemed perfect for Michael a, panicking about. Yes. It actually, it's less about the, the 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 numbed butthole, and it's more about I don't want like what Michael's Michael's panic at the end of that scene is more that like what I I don't want this, not that, not like a <laughs> syringe person, but I don't want to be even thinking about this. I right. want what I had. I want to be in my relationship where I'm not having to process right. and confront these new things. I want what I had, right. which is a very valid feeling. And then you have Andre as Jack. Andre DeShield. Oh my oh gosh. God. I had forgotten that he was in the shows because I remember seeing castings or whatever. So when he popped up that he was Jack, I was like, oh. Andre DeShields oh. is just a delight and has lived so many chapters. He's mm. the most delicious mole sauce in a Mexican <laughs> restaurant, you know, where every chapter informs the next chapter, informs the next chapter. And he's and he's a Tony winner for Hadestown, yeah. which is a show that's really turned into almost a, a 
church-going experience mm-hmm. for the Broadway yep. community right now. I talked to him a lot about it, and and they were one of the first people, the first casts to come back yep. right after the pandemic. And the way that the audiences continued to come and still do and react to that story um, with such reverence, right, yeah. is a new chapter in his story. Yeah. He is how old? 80 something years old, yeah. maybe 77. Right. I don't know. He could be 94. I don't right. no idea how old Andre de Gilles is, nor do I care. But he is still dancing around on stage eight times a week. Yeah. I We should all be so lucky to Irish. live a, a minute in his shoes, in his tap shoes, no less. <laughs> but yes, I'm thrilled that we have um, theater actors being represented uh, on the show. So but, season two, will there be a musical episode? Well, you'd hope so, because Brooks Ashmanskis <laughs> has been wearing- I was waiting for one of you to just really break out and just do a whole- He just wears his dance belt every day, <laughs> begging, begging, <laughs> stretching, <laughs> and just begging. Jazz hands <laughs> All everywhere. <day. laughs> um, it gives me great delight that we can showcase people. Even David Bertka's on the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. and that that came about because of- David's connection with Brooks because they were both in Gypsy together. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when we were looking at someone that would be fun to pair up with Brooks, I was like, well, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> Jeffrey said, do you think David would do it? And I said, well, you have to ask David. <laughs> it's not my answer. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so they went to Gary Gersh, his agent, and it was all like so great. And then he got it. Then he asked me, did you have anything to do with this? I said, swear to God, I didn't. This is great. And the scenes didn't inclu- involve us together. I don't know. I just, and David's a really good actor and a really good theater actor. Mm. And so to have him with Brooks and to have Andre De Shields as part of the show, I don't know. It makes me happy. The, the, theater, the theater people work so hard and are so skilled and they're only often seen mm. by 2,000 people a yeah. night. So I know you talked about how this is, you know, you almost could look at this show as like, the uh, sliding door, sliding doors, where like you go out the other side, that could have been you in yeah. your forties, dating, doing apps. Can you ever imagine your life without David? Like when you're doing a show like this, are you trying to sort of? Only when we're fighting, <laughs> do I fantasize and think, oh, oh, do I want to my- avoid the conflict? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, that's short lived. We, we make up very quickly. Um, no. I, w- when David and I met, we, we just started dating each other. We never stopped. Right. I we didn't take like a- that My anniversary is August 6th. And I know it's because it's my mother's birthday, which is a whole Freudian thing, so whatever. Fabian came over that night and he never left. It was sort of like that way for us. We were both doing Broadway shows and we were both living in furnished sublets, meaning uh-huh. we were living in someone else's place and paying- more than we were supposed right. to. And we were, we started dating and we started sleeping in the same bed. And then we both realized, well, this isn't even our what? place. And we're paying <laughs> double rent. That's what, that's a furnished price. Why don't we just get a place together right. and save money all across the board? I had stuff from LA that was in storage. He had stuff from LA that was in storage. So we just got a Penske truck, went to LA. Penske, who owns Variety, by the way. Nice. So Jay, Jay Penske is the son 
of the founder of Penske. Just like I like to say Penske so. as in, instead of the U-Haul because U-Hauls become kind of the, the Kleenex right. of, of <laughs> tissues. But I'm, I'm proud of Penske. It was our Penske truck. We get in and go. I did not pay him to say no, no, no. he's proud of Penske. That was like our, our rallying cry when we went across the country. We'd go, Penske! And we'd, go, and we'd get in the, the, the truck and we'd go. And we went and we stopped in Albuquerque where I'm from and, and he met my grandma and then we got... Uh, we bought things at antique stores. We went across the country and then we just started living together. And, and then once you have kids, it, it, that whole game right. changes too. The should we or shouldn't we becomes a whole different conversation. But no, what was weird is living out the alternate sliding doors, you know, uh, version of mm -hmm. a breakup. It's one thing to ponder it. It's one thing right. to talk about it. Oh, this would never happen. Or, well, could you imagine if it happened? It's another thing to actually live it. Like playing Michael, I was confronted by it. I had to stand in the pilot episode, episode one, and give a speech in front of all of these oh, people to the person who, uh, who had just broken up with me saying how much I loved him and saying, you know, I can't imagine my life without you, which is a really great sentence in both directions mm -hmm. and it was really hard to not become really emotional even mm -hmm. recounting it right now i can hear my voice yeah. kind of starting to quiver because that is a that is a really um, like emotional place to go for anyone mm -hmm. but my gosh to, to, to i can't i couldn't even imagine so not only did i have to imagine but i had to actually process it and go through it and so weirdly cathartic mm -hmm. Because at the end of it all, I can feel like I lived the sliding doors version of us breaking up and what that's right. like. And so it's not part of my conscious thought now. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then last question for you. I have a lot of questions for you. But last question, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Are you a fan? Yes. Yeah. It was a delicious fit. Yeah. I have been trying to do less things. <laughs> because for the past, oh, probably seven or eight years, I've just been interested in doing more things, uh, not to avoid anything, but I've just been given weird, great opportunities to right. do overt, crazy things. And I love doing big, host an award show. Yeah. Wait, what, what should we do? Some, some stand-up jokes? No, let's do it. Song and dance number. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I need to do less things, right? <laughs> so I was, that was the plan. And then I get a text from Russell Davies uh, saying, so I'm doing this thing and I've written a thing <laughs> and there's a part in it that you might like. I think it's uh, delicious. Um, is it okay if I send it to you? And I said, well, of course, Russell, you're Russell T. Davies, <laughs> of course. And, and he sent it and I started reading it. And from the very, very first scene, I was like, oh, this is delicious. It's a great, fun part in ways that I'm not allowed to discuss yeah, right now, but I had to say yes. <laughs> I'm trying to do less, and I'm now <laughs> committing to more. But I think with Russell, it would, be, it would be a bad call to say no creatively to him. And you haven't shot it yet, though? I shot oh, it. We did. spent the last six weeks in Cardiff, oh, it was London, Cardiff right, okay. Wales, uh, where they've shot Doctor Who for 60 years. And it was with David Tennant mm. uh, and Catherine Tate. They're both back for the 60th yeah. anniversary specials. 
and they're just the best. And everyone was in such good cheer. And I think having Russell back at the helm is a really great call. Yeah. I didn't know that much about Doctor Who. Really? Well, I mean, I knew it. I knew it, but I right. knew it in a very Comic-Con-y, right. it's a British thing. That and, people are obsessed with. Yeah. But you, but it's been going on for so long that if right. you don't like learn about it, you're lost. Right, right. And then that's kind of true. What does TARDIS mean? You know, who are they? <laughs> who is the doctor? When I got there, I was talking to Russell and I said, so in that scene when when who and my character meet, and he said, um, we call him the doctor. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, it's not, it's not Doctor Who. And he's like, no, it's a doctor. And who is more, who is he? And I'm like, oh, oh, it's not Doctor Who is his name. Got it. I'm embarrassed. So, um, but the world's interesting. I got to study it and learn about it. And, um, and Shuti, who's becoming the new doctor, I got to meet and um, interact with him a bit. And he's glorious. And he's, you know, he'll be the first gay doctor, which is going to be super cool. So it'll be a sexier who. Ah, shoot, I did it. A sexier doctor. Doctor, right. (laughs) And and I'm excited. The only drawback with that is it doesn't come out until November of 2023. So... I'll have probably forgotten all of their names by the time they're actually supposed <laughs> to talk. Be about. like Doctor Who. Ah, as you did there. Neil, thank you. Thank you, sir. That was Neil Patrick Harris. Uncoupled is available on Netflix. Thanks for listening to Just for Variety. I'll see you next time. But for now, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you soon. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.